I want to look into John's Gospel. I want to cover some matters, a subject that previously covered, but I want to look at it and connect it with something in the book of Acts. So in John's Gospel in chapter 4, a little bit of background on Samaria. Samaria was the seat of Israel. So when the kingdom of Israel was split between two kings, one a lot of people recognized one king and another lot of people recognized another king. Without going into all that because it's not relevant at the moment, the northern kingdom was set up in Samaria. That was its base. Whereas the southern kingdom, known as Judah, was in Jerusalem. But the northern kingdom was based in Samaria. And there was this, um, when Jesus c came here, you see the lady says about, you Jews say you should worship God in Jerusalem, but we worship God in this mountain. And Jesus says, it's not going to be in either. Not anymore, because God's done a new thing. So we start in verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Now that was quite an unusual thing to do because the Jews and the Samaritans didn't really like each other very much and um, the Jews didn't like going through Samaria so they used to go all the way around very long journey and um, but Jesus it says he must needs go through it was expedient for him to go through because there was something or rather someone there that his father had said I want you to go there because of this and Jesus always being obedient to the promptings and leading of his father understood that he must needs go through it was imperative then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. So that's midday in our calendar, daily calendar, so to speak. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy food or meat, as we have in this translation. It's food. Then says the woman of Samaria, that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Then Jesus said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him 
and he would have given the living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou the living water? Art thou greater than father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank that of himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again, or never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well or spring of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. And Jesus saith, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that thou sayest truly. And the woman saith to him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am. The word he is in italics means it's not in the original. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and says to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, while his disciples praying him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Wherefore said his disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus says to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say ye not that there are four months then comes harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal, that both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. And hearing is that saying true, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode with them two days. And many more believed because of his word, and said unto the woman, 
Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed is the Christ, the Saviour of the world. So I wanted to read all of that because it's important that I include everything there rather than take out a few verses. So I want to go into chapter 7 and this is the feast of tabernacles or tents in other words it's when they were in the wilderness and they pitched tents and they had had this feast called the feast of the pitching of tents or booths one of the things they did at the, at the feast is on the last day they poured water out it was all a tradition it represented what happened many many hundred years ago and uh, let me just see if I can alight my eye on the bit I want to read yes verse 37 so verse 37 of chapter 7 in the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried so he, he shouted out he didn't cry he wasn't crying like or a person crying with tears but he was cried out so he would have shouted out so everyone could hear him saying if any man thirst or anyone thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believes on me or more properly in me or into me literally let him come unto me and drink he that believes in me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers now when he spoke to the woman he said it shall be water springing up like a well didn't he whoever drinks the water I shall give it shall be in him like a springing up of water so if you in fact where it said well in John chapter 4 you might have spring in that version because it is actually a spring of water so the water is springing up in the earth in the natural ground and the people are going out and having that natural water that God supplied you know underneath the earth there's whole plains or whatever the word is of water so when someone digs a well it goes down to where the water is and the water gushes up from underneath because that's where the water is you see because the water sinks down through the earth through the rain you know especially before we had drainage systems it all went down through the earth didn't it or into gullies and went somewhere you know eventually out into the sea but underneath there is this water plateau of water whatever it's called I don't know what you call it and when they drill wells I mean go any in the world anywhere in the world go to Africa or India and they got all this equipment that they take up because people have got no fresh water and they're dying drinking from contaminated streams and things so they drill a right down until they reach water and the water gushes up because it's there now that's natural that's in the natural but Jesus is not talking about the natural he's talking about the spiritual water he says you, you'll have to keep coming to this water here won't you because you'll be thirsty because it's going to pass right through you but he said if you drink of the water I give you you'll never thirst again you won't have to come to keep receiving because it'll be in you 
So when a person receives the gift of God, because he said this is the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, this is a gift from God, you would have asked of me, or asked of God, and he would have given you. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. So if we ask of God for the gift of God, he'll give it to us. Otherwise, Jesus is a liar, isn't he? He said to the woman, if you'd have asked of God, or asked of me, same thing, same person, he would have given you living water, and it shall be in you, springing up into eternal life. And that's where eternal life comes from. Eternal life is not a life that's going to happen once, once we die. Eternal life come is the Spirit of God. Now let the cat out the bag there by saying that, so to speak. This eternal life is the life of God because God is eternal. We are temporal. We live, we die. Okay? The plant grows, it dies. The tree grows, eventually it dies. The fruit falls into the ground and dies. It, it, it's all perishable. It's all temporal. It's not eternal. And the only one that's eternal is God. And unless we have the Spirit of God in us, we will not have eternal life and neither will we live forever. So here Jesus says, He that believeth into me, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Now he's not just say a river, but rivers, it's plural, of living or life-giving water. This water gives life. Now, I just want, before I miss this, I'm a, a sort of person, and you'll have to forgive me if you don't like this sort of person, because I'm not going to change. I like the word belly. And you know like, how I like the word belly? Because it's gutsy, isn't it? And you think, oh, that's a bit of a pun there. No, it's not meant to be a pun. In the Greek, that's literally what the word means. But these mamsy-pamsy translations they have today, they don't like that because they think, well, it might be a bit offensive. We shouldn't use the word belly. Let's change it to something a bit more unoffensive, a bit more appropriate that people can stomach. Another pun, not intended. So, it is actually the word belly in the Greek. It's the abdicisere here, the abdomen. And God wants to put his life in to us right there, right in the centre of our being, in our belly, in the guts, where we feel. We feel everything here, don't you? You feel fear, you feel excitement, you feel everything right here, right in your belly. And um, I think you know, a song we used to sing about my Auntie Nelly, but I won't repeat it here comes to mind. Go into Ezekiel. Now this is a river of life or rivers of life and I want you to go into chapter 47. So the angel had been showing him lots of different things in the vision. It's a bit like uh, in the book of Revelation that John was being shown all sorts of things by angels. Very similar. So this is a vision. And in the vision, he says, afterwards, the angel, he there, verse 1, afterwards he brought me again unto the door, or entrance, of the house. And behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward for the forefront of the house stood toward the east and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar now there's so much one could speak of there but 
God's got to show us what all that means. But I'm just going to carry on reading and stick to this one theme. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by way looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters were to my ankles, or to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand, and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to my knees. You get the picture. And he measured a thousand, and brought me through the waters were to my loins. After he measured a thousand, it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. Then he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? And he brought me and called me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were there many trees on the one side and the other. And he said unto me, These waters issue out to all the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And that shall come to pass that everything that liveth and moveth, whithersoever the river cometh, shall live. Um, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish. Jesus said to uh, Simon Peter and to John, said they were fishermen. He said, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is the river of life. There shall be very great uh, multitude of fish because the waters that shall come thither for they shall be healed. And everything that liveth whithersoever the river cometh. Okay. So everything shall live wherever the river goes. Wherever the river goes shall live. Okay? That's just an aside. So let's go back to John 7. If you would please. So this water that brings life is the living water, you see. And what Ezekiel was referring to was the Holy Spirit. And wherever the Holy Spirit flows, you bring life. That's what the vision was all about. It was all about Calvary and the, uh, and the Holy Spirit being poured out. Multitude of fish, all being healed, all being saved, all being cleaned, all being sanctified, whatever phrase one wants to use. He says, so out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And it says then, in parenthesis, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed in him, or into him, should receive. For the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let me read that again. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe in him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus Christ was not yet glorified. Go into the book of Acts. I'm going into chapter 2. Now, the Holy Spirit had been poured out, 
And there were these thousands and thousands of, of uh, Jews that come up to the feast of the Passover. So it's another feast. And they're all gathered there and the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the 120 or whatever they were, 120 men. And they started speaking in tongues and prophesying and glorifying God. And all these people that were there in Jerusalem said, what's going on? And Peter preached to them and told them they needed to repent and in his message to them he says here in chapter 2 and verse 29 men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, seeing this beforehand, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. And this Jesus, God has raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. And on after that message, they repented and they believed and as a consequence of that one message of a man full of the living water, full of the Holy Ghost, 3,000 souls were saved. That's a lot of fish, isn't it? Peter, thou shalt catch men. I will make you fishes of men. And here's the fisherman, Peter. And where's the water? Where's the water? Where's the Holy Ghost? He's been poured out, you see. It's flowing from God. The Holy Ghost has come. And in the water, we've got these 3,000 souls. So if you go down into verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized in water. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So this is the river of life flowing, you see. And here's the fish, a multitude of fish. God has come. The Holy Ghost has come. And when you referred to that hymn this morning in Wales, in the revival, there were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who came into the, the baptism in the Holy Ghost and where the river of God flowed and they were saved. Multitudes of fish and God is the same God today as he ever was. And he's looking for people who will receive the Holy Ghost. Them that believe on him should receive the Holy Ghost. And then they've got eternal life. And until we do that, we're dead. This Bakey, John chapter 7, this Bakey of the Holy Spirit, which those who believe on him should receive. He was not given because Jesus Christ was not yet glorified. Now here, in Acts chapter 2, we read he's been glorified. He's sit seated on the right hand of the majesty on high, and he's poured forth this which you now see and hear. And he says to them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, that was a commandment, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you'll find that in verse 37. Now, when they heard that this Christ is the one that received the promise of the Father, the one that the Jews crucified. When they heard that message, they were pricked in their hearts. 
Have you ever been pricked in your heart by the message of the gospel? And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So when we hear the gospel message, when we really hear it, when our ears are opened, we're going to say, what shall I do? And this was the answer. Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive, Yes, that word, shall receive. That's what we read in John chapter 7. I'm going to, I'll just read it very quickly, you don't need to turn to it. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe in him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given at that time, but now he is. And he says, you shall receive. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, that is the promise of the Holy Ghost, is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so there were 3,000 added to the church. And a little bit later on in chapter 4, there's a 4,000 added to the church. Or was it 5,000, sorry, were added to the church. So there, how many is that? How many did Jesus feed with the bread? How many people were there that Jesus well, men, they only counted the men. The women weren't counted for some reason. Um, <clears throat> 5,000. He fed five little barley loaves. Five little barley loaves. Like a, what we called a cob when we were younger. Fed 5,000. And there was 12 baskets over. Now look at this. There's 5,000 people in chapter 4 who come join to the church. So you've got 5,000 and you've got that 3,000. See, the, the multitude of fish are all being brought in through the gospel. But the only way they're brought in, if you read chapter 4, you'll see that the Holy Ghost was poured out again. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and went and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And another 5,000 were added to the church. So this is what... Jesus was referring to when he spoke to the woman by the spring of water if you'd have asked he would have given you the gift if you knew the gift of God he would have given you living water and I want to say to you this is what real Christianity is it's the Holy Spirit in people bringing life. The rest is a load of trimmings. It has no power. And when the Holy Ghost comes, as he did in Acts chapter 2 on the first time he was poured out, they receive power. Jesus said, you shall receive power chapter 1 the book of Acts verse 8 you shall receive the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost and they had power you know if you um, have um, a, a steam engine and where I lived was a graveyard where they used all the steam engines were brought when they invented this wonderful diesel train, which isn't so wonderful at all, is it really? We've learned by experience. And now they're doing away with them and making electric trains. But in the days of steam, had all these wonderful chug-chugs going everywhere. And they brought them all to this big yard near the docks in Barry, where I was brought up. And that's where they were left. And my brother and I used to go down and play on them. They soon got rusty because they weren't looked after. And there was no life in them. They were dead. Completely dead. But they were made 
to have water in them and fire in their belly and they came to life people used to think oh this train's alive they used to talk to it like a human being it's true they thought oh it's come up not really alive we know that it's just sentimentality but you get the picture are we a dead old steam engine rotting away in a yard or have we got the fire of God in our belly because John the Baptist said that Jesus shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire and you put that water all surrounding that place the belly of the beast and it Wow, starts to move, the wheels start, we take the brake off. See, it's waiting to go, it's all that steam coming out. It's powerful! You try and stop a steam engine when it gets going. You, you can stand there against the buffers and push it as, as much as you can get 100 men and push it, but it won't stop it because it's... And God wants to give us power. God's come to give us life. Real life is power. Real life flows through it. The Holy Ghost comes to give us power. To give Life is power. It's power in our hearts. It's power in our voice. It's power in our actions. It's power. It's life. You see, when you, you see a, a river flowing, there's power there, isn't there? I love to stand and, and to listen to water going over and crashing and it talks to me. You ever heard water talking to you? You listen. Stand there and listen to the water. It talks to you. I love to stand by a bridge and there to be a, one of those things where the water falls down. Crashing. Can you just imagine it in your mind now? There's power there, isn't there? See, that's the natural, but God wants to give you that in the spiritual. He wants you and I to have spiritual life, spiritual power, rivers of living water flowing through us, bringing life. And that's why the Holy Ghost has come. And that's the reason Jesus Christ died on the cross. That we might have life. I have come that you may have life. But you and I are here, and you and I are the object of God's word today. You and I are the object of the truth that I'm speaking to you, and he wants you to have life. He wants you to have this life. He wants me to have this life. This powerful life, so that it brings life wherever it goes and people can say I want this do you want this life or are you happy just to be a rusty old steam engine yeah that's the truth telling you the truth you can be a rusty old useless steam engine or you can have fire in your belly and God will use you in his kingdom like he used Peter like he used Philip I haven't finished you know I'm going to finish with this because God took me somewhere else he said he'll lead you You'll be led. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. But so is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You hear the sound thereof. You don't know where it's come from. And you don't know where it's going, Jesus said to Nicodemus. You hear the sound thereof. So is everyone born of the Spirit. You don't know where it's coming from. But it's there. It's life. So if you go into 
Acts further on into Acts. <coughs> now there was great persecution in the church because of uh, the Jews. Chapter 8 we want of the book of Acts. I'll just read this. Let's start at verse 1. And Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, was consenting to the death of Stephen, which is in the previous chapter. So chapter 8 of the book of Acts. And at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. Except the apostles. They stayed in Jerusalem. And the devout men cut Stephen away and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. And Philip, in verse 5, went down into the city of Samaria, or a city of Samaria, and preached Christ to them. Now, who, who went there before? Philip, who'd been there before? Jesus had been there before. And he promised the woman that if you ask of God, he'll give you this eternal life. And uh, the people, with one accord, gave heed unto those things which, which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and, and they that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. And then it talks about this uh, man called Simon. I don't really want to talk much about him. I have covered this before a little. So, baptized, that's important both men and women. Okay, now I'm going to go down to verse 14. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, because they weren't scattered abroad, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit. For he, as yet, was fallen on none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. You see, Jesus has kept his promise, if you like. He said, so all those people in the city said, we believe on him now, not because of what the woman said, but we have heard him ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the one that should come. So not the testimony of the women only, but we've heard him ourselves. And God hadn't forgotten them. Did he? I reckon that woman, well, that woman said to him, she said, well, give me, give me this water. Give it to me. Have you asked Jesus to give you the living water? Give it to me. Of course, he couldn't at the time because he wasn't yet glorified. But now he was glorified. He received the promise of the Father. 
And now they were able to go down to these people who believed the gospel preached by Peter and they received the Holy Ghost at the hands of the apostles. So they now had this living water in themselves. They now had the river of life. They now had the fire in their belly. They now receive the Holy Ghost and fire. So Jesus wants to do that for everyone that believes in him to give them the Holy Ghost and as I said before that's why he died on Calvary that's why he went back to heaven and God what did God give him say well what did God give him have you ever thought what did God the Father give Jesus when he went back to heaven it's in the book we've already read it so he, he died on the cross, he, he came to earth as a man, he went through all he went through and he suffered and died and eventually he was hung on a cross so that we can be forgiven of our sins. And he promised his disciples, and you'll find this in, in uh, John's Gospel chapter 17 and thereabouts, 15, 16, 17, mentioned several times. He said, uh, I won't leave you com comfortless, I will come to you. And he said, this is the Holy Spirit who I will send in my send in my name. So he's been sent. So that's why he went through all he went through and died on the cross, so he could go back to his father when he resurrected and was ascended back to heaven and receive what did he receive of the he received the Holy Spirit. God didn't give him anything else. Because that's what he went to Calvary for. That he might give the Holy Spirit to you and to me forgave our sins we have forgiveness through his blood yes see these people in Samaria they got baptized in the name of Jesus did you read it? I read it did you hear it? but they would not received the Holy Spirit for some reason, I don't know why, that they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. And when the apostles heard that they received the word of God, Philip and John, the fishermen, remember that, went down and prayed for them, laid hands on them. That's how I received the Holy Spirit. Someone laid hands on me, said to me, Alex, what you need? See, I'd, I'd been forgiven. I'd been to a church, a little bit of a testimony, wasn't, in, wasn't planned, and I'd heard the message of the love of God and that Jesus died for me, and I responded to it. And in an instant, gave up all my drugs and everything, in an instant. But there was something missing. And for the life of me, if I can use that phrase, I didn't know what it was. And it was for the life of me. And I went to this church, to that church, to that mission, to this place, that place, that house, where there was meetings. And I don't know how many places I went to. I lost count, I can't remember. But someone one day said to me, I'm going to take you here, he said. There's a company of saints. That's the phrase he used. And I went in that door, in that house there was a little meeting in Cardiff, in someone's home, a bit like this really, uh, there's a few more people. Uh, uh, yeah. They've got what I want. I don't know what they've got, but it's what I want. Have you ever had that sense? I don't know what they've got, but I want it. <laughs> and so, Two of the brothers prayed for me that Thursday night meeting. And when I went back to my flat where I was living, with shared accommodation, God delivered me of a devil in my sleep. Oh, it was terrifying. So on the Saturday, on the Friday, there was a man coming to do some meetings, take some meetings. And... Um, 
It was arranged for me to go and see him on the Saturday afternoon in someone's home next door to where the meetings were. So I went and I talked to him and he said blah 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 uh, this that and the other and he said to me Alex what you need is the Holy Ghost. Simple as that. I knew my sins were forgiven but I didn't have the living water and he just simply put his hand on my forehead like that and said receive the Holy Ghost and bang I was filled with the power of God and I started prophesying and it was as if I could see God in heaven and heaven opened and I was lost in wonder, love and praise and the, the light and the glory and the wonder and I was taken up and transformed in, in, in it and I was transformed from within God had come to live within me and by his spirit and that's what the baptism of the Holy Ghost is like God comes in by his spirit to live within us and then we have the life of God this living water so I think I've said enough I think I've made me point and I think it would be a decent thing to do pray now <laughs> And then we can have some refreshments, eh? So, Father, <clears throat> Lord, you sent Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life. So we could come to the Father. So the Father could come and live in us. And we could live in the Father. And we could have this eternal life. You've come that we might have life and have it in abundance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I pray whatever this word goes, whoever hears it, I pray for them, Lord, that you would give them an honest and receiving heart. They received the Holy Ghost. And that's something we do from within. We receive. Because there's an expectancy and a longing that meets the expectancy and the longing in the heart of God and we receive thank you Lord so we commit this word to you and we thank you for this opportunity to hear and to believe Amen